Okay, so this week we are going to be reviewing and discussing Osuzayin in Sefer Reish Milin from Rav Kutz Lusiyaganalenu. And this Os is actually an interruption of sorts, a, a, a divestiture, a divestment away from what we've been discussing, um, but it's for the sake of investing into a deeper level of understanding the process of the Aleph base and its formation. Now, from Aleph through Vav, um, just to be chazer, to be chazer for just a second. Aleph, we have the kayach gvul, the bilti gvul. We have Hakadosh Baruch Hu deciding to reveal his limited potential to manifest in creation. With those bays, we had the first instantiation of gvul of the tzimtzum and the creation of the halal hapanui, the potential space where the entirety of existence is going to take place. With those gimel, we have the Eridah Lazar Chaliyah, the descent of the ideals, as Rav Kook would call them. They descent away from Atzilut, from the purified space of supernal spirituality, down towards the worlds of separation for the sake of eventual ascent, for a deepening of the experience through the act of volition, through the act of Bechira. Ostalad and He were the introduction, the building of Malchus, the space of interaction through which human beings are able to connect and draw down the light of spirituality into this world. And with Osvav, which we discussed last week, we discussed the connection or the chibur, the vav ha-chibur between the supernal realms, the elyonim and the tachtonim, for the sake of the engagement with Kedusha and not falling prey to the distance that we experience in the world of limitation. When we come to Os Zion, Rav Kook is no longer keeping us in the process, the unfolding process of emanation from Os Aleph to Os Vav, but rather he is giving us the tools with which we will be able to properly engage with the Os Ches. So Os Zion on a certain level is a departure away from the transition from infinitude down to finitude, from bilti gvul down to gvul. But at the same point, it is a departure that gives us the strength that teaches us how to properly engage with what comes next. Os Zion for Rav Kook is going to be the preparatory act that the individual, the Jew, the individual who is osek in Pnimiya Satora, the individual who is osek in Avoda Bigashmias, B'daracha Chasidus, trying to engage the worlds of physicality, the worlds of separation, for the sake of being Bochebeto, for the sake of drawing down the light of spirituality into the Kalim of Mitzius, of Briyetzir and Asiyah. The Osayin is what allows us to engage properly with the world of separation to ensure that we do not lose our way in the world of concealment and a world of distance. Because again, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is setting up for us is a playing field, as the Ramchal would describe it, a playing field where there is the maximum amount of concealment that still allows for there to be the essence of spirituality. It allows us to engage with the world of limitation and concealment and deficiency and suffering and struggle, yet at the same point to reveal and disclose the light of Kedusha that is still there. And the way that we are going to be able to do that, according to Rav Kook and according to various Mekubalim, the Ramchal in particular, but with the Gra and Rav Yitzhak Isaac Chavar as well, and Rav Tzihersh Zidich Chavar as well, the Osayin are the tools, the weapons, if you will, the clay Zion the tools of engagement, the weapons that HaKadosh Baruch Hu endows us with that allows us to engage properly with the worlds of limitation so that we can properly engage with the world of ches that comes afterwards.
Now, Zion, on a certain level, is an introduction to what we're going to discuss next week, which is the Shira, the Shira Takelim, the shattering of the vessels, which is one of the primary stages in Kabbalah Sa'arizal. Now, oh, Zion hints to it, and Zion and the number seven has a deep relationship with the concept of Shira Sa'kelim, because there were seven Kalim that fell, seven Midos that need rectification, as we know during Shira Sa'omer. But at the same point, Rav Kook is not discussing the Shira here. Rav Kook is simply setting us up so that we will be capable of confronting the Shira, confronting separation, confronting the trauma of everyday life, now endowed with the newfound spiritual tools that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us through the Os Zion. Now, in order to properly understand what Rav Kook is talking about in Os Zion, we need to have a number of Hakdamos like we've had in the previous weeks. And the first Hakdam we're going to have is the words of Rashbi in the Ijaraba Kadisha. Now, the Ijaraba Kadisha were the words of Rashbi that were revealed in the first gathering of him and his Chavraya, of Rashbi and his students. The Idrizuta was revealed on Lagba Omer. It was the day of the death of Rashbi, the Histalkus of Rashbi, where the Chavraya gathered together in his house around his bed in order to understand the secrets that Rashbi was only capable of disclosing at the moment of death. The Idrizuta preceded it. The Idrizuta was the first expression of this Chavraya, of this secret society, if you will, the Chavra Kadisha of Rashbi, of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and his Talmidim, when they gathered together in a granary, when they gathered together in an open space outside, um, underneath the stars in, in the north, underneath the moon in the north, where the Chavraya were wandering around, where they decided to sit down, and Rashbi was finally given permission um, to reveal the secrets of Torah. Now, the introduction to the Ijaraba Kadisha, which has numerous svarim written on simply the introduction, reads as follows. Tanya, Amar Rabbi Shimon the Chavraya. Rabbi Shimon says to the Chavraya Kadisha, Ar emas nesiv samcha. How long is the world going to be sustained on one pillar? Meaning Rashmi was bemoaning the fact that the world at this point was not sustained in the way it was supposed to be on the three pillars of Chesed, Din, and Rachamim, which is the amalgamation, if you will, which is the mizug ra'ui, which is the mitkala, which we discussed in Osvav by the partsufim, which is the scale that balances the right and the left, severity and compassion. The world at this point, according to Rashbi, is stuttering. The world at this point is not operating as it should be. It's only operating on chad samcha. It's hanging on by a thread. And Rashbi is asking his students, how long will it be that we operate like this? How long will it be that we operate with simply only one pillar? And Rashbi goes on and says, Ksiv, it's written, The time has come to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so that the Torah in a certain sense should be mefir, that the nidarim that were made, the promises that were made to not reveal too many secrets. At this point, Rashbi says we have full allowance, we have full disclosure, because at this point the world is in dire straits. And Rashbi continues, The, the days are short, and the debt collector is knocking on the door. The debt collector is doichekas. It is creating a certain sense of dechika, of pressure. Now, everybody knows that Rashbi, we are told that kedai that Rashbi is the tzaddik that we're capable of relying on in shasadchak. So Rashbi here is saying the world is in a shasadchak and it's not operating the way it should be. There's an announcement, there's a celestial call that comes out every day, and it calls out and it says, 
the gardeners of the field are few in number. And this is the Iker point that we're going to be discussing with Rav Kook, the machatz de chakla, that the bale sod, the individuals who engage in panimia satora, who engage in investing themselves within the secrets of the world, they are referred to by the Zohar, by the Ijarava, as machatz de chakla, the gardeners of the field or the threshers of the field. Ze'irun inuin. They're few in number. There are not many of them. Ve'inihu b'shulei karma. And even those of us who can identify as machatz de chakla, as the bale sod, as the bale pnimius, who are threshing the field and gardening the field for our Kaddish Baruch Hu, even those of us who are engaged in it, there's very few of us. And we rest in the shule karma, we're resting at the outset, at, at the limits of the kerem, at the limits of the vineyard. Lo yishkachin, we're not paying attention. V'lo yadin, and we don't know. La'an eser azlin, kamadiyaus. We have no idea where we are going in the proper way. And Rashbi continues, Ishkanshu Adra. The Chavraya, the Chavraya Kadisha, the Tamidim, the Chavra Kadisha of Rashbi, the Chug HaZohar, they gathered together in the Idra. Milvushin dressed Bisharian Tsaifei Virumche Biyodchen. They were dressed in their shields, Tsaifei Virumche Biyodchen holding their spears and their swords in their hands, is darzu b'tikunechon. They were girded with their tikunim, with their capacity towards rectification, is darzu b'tikunechon. Be'ita in wisdom, u'bechachmasa. So we have here Rashmi introducing, the Zohar Kadosh is introducing the Ijarabah, and we have the Shavraya Kadisha who gather together in order to disclose Pneumia Satora, and we find that the Zohar spends an, a nice amount of time discussing the weapons that they're girded with. And Rav Kook, by the Os Zion, because clay Zion, the weapons of war, are hinted to in Os Zion, Rav Kook is going to spend the time now in Os Zion describing to us what these weapons are. But before we go to Rav Kook's words, we have to try and understand what the necessity of weapons are. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself in the world in order to disclose himself to his creations by way of Bechira, by way of volition, why is it that it is so difficult? Why is it that the concealment and the hiddenness and the suffering and the unfairness of Metzius is so strong to the extent that a person who wants to enter into the realm of Kedusha needs to utilize the weapons, the Klezayin, these modes of engagement, these modes, these mental modes, these thinking modes, these modes of Kedusha that allow us to cut through and encounter and break free of the Chitzayinim. Why is it that it's so difficult? Why is it that we need the weapons to protect us? And for this, we have to go back to the creation of the world. We know that Adam Harishon that Adam Harishon before the fall in the prelapsarian state of things was engaged with Eitzachayim, was engaged with the tree of life. And after the fall, after the sin, after the hate of Adam Harishon, the initial transgression which pushed us out of Eden to the extent that wherever we are, we are in the wrong place, that being pushed out of Eden allows us to engage in the Eitz Hadas Tovarah. So pre-chait, we engaged in the Eitzachayim, and post-chait, we're engaged with the Eitzadas Tovarah. Now, Rav Chaim Vital in his Hakdamat Eitzchayim, which is in a certain sense a hespid that he gave on the Arizal, a hespid that he gave about why the limud of Panimiya Satora was not enough to bring Mashiach. 
So Rav Chaim Vital spends a number of lines expressing the distinction between the Torah of the Eitz Chaim and the Torah of the Eitz Adas. The Torah of Eitz Chaim, the Torah of Atzilus, the Torah of supernal clarity is devoid of any doubts. It is the Torah of Pneumius Torah, where the inner essence of the Torah, the Pneumius of things, is disclosed. The Torah of the Eitz Hadas, on the other hand, is the Torah of Tov Vera, of Kosher and Pasal, of Usr and Mutter, of the six Sidre Mishnah, the six sides of things being clarified, whether they are right or they're wrong, of Tov Vera, the Torah of Pilpul, the Torah of Kushia Vateritz, the Torah of Tiyufta. Now, prior to the Chait, Adam Harishon was capable of experiencing the Eitz the Torah of Pnimiya Satara. And the Baal Shem Tavakadosh and his Talmidim came to show us that the disclosure of Pneumia Satora through the lens of Chasidus, as well as through the lens of the teachings of the Vilna Gonan Hezchavraya, that is a taste, if you will, that is a te'ima of the Itzachayim before we access it again. That the Gilui of Soda Satora, the Hafatza of the Ma'ayin Osecha HaChutza that the Baal Shem Tov discusses with Mashiach and the Hechel of Mashiach when he has his Aliyah Sineshama in the letter to his brother-in-law, Rev. Rav Kitover, of Gershon Kitover, Hasidus tells us, the Baal Shem Tov and the Lubavitcher Rebbe, teaches us that the disclosure of the secrets of Torah in our generation is more similar to the mitzvah of Te'imas Ma'achale Shabbos Erev Shabbos, of tasting the food of Shabbos on Erev Shabbos, that through the Giloy of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, through the Giloy of the Grah, through the Giloy of the Ramchal, and through the Giloy of the Rashash and all of their Talmidim, we are capable, adayin begolus, even when we are in golus, to taste of the Torah of the Yitzchayim, to have a te'ima, if you will, of the Or of Mashiach, to have a te'ima, a taste, of what it means when Chazal say in Mesechas Brachos, that a person is capable, even in this world, of perceiving and even experiencing through the act of mindful Kedusha, the actual presence of, of spirituality, of divinity, and things as they should be. But until that is fully revealed, we are still accessing only the Eitzadas Tovara. And what is blocking us from re-accessing the Eitzachayim, the Torah of Eitzachayim, is the Lahat HaCharef HaMesapechas, that the Chruvim, as the Pasuk tells us, are placed by the entrance of Ganeden with their rotating fiery swords. Now these fiery swords are what block us from re-entering into Ganeden, and the weapons that Rav Kook and the Zayar HaKadosh and the Ramchal are going to endow us with are the weapons through which we're able to re-access the Eitzachayim. Now, Rav Kook here is going to express something profound and very significant for what we're going to be discussing next week when it comes to the Sugya of Shvira Sakelim, that Shvira Sakelim and Ra, trauma and the breakage and the shattering that is expressed in the beginning of creation, the brokenness, the deferred nature of existence, that is not chas v'shalom some accidental act, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tried to create a world that was purely good and accidentally because of some mitzios chas v'shalom that was chutz or separate from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we now have a broken existence, but rather the notion of Shvira HaKelem and the initial shattering and that traumatic break that creates the world as we know it in all of its fallenness was part and parcel of the plan that HaKadosh Baruch Hu engaged in from the beginning, from Kad Allah from the initial will of the infinite to create the world. The Shviro was a necessary act, it was a deliberate act in order to create a playing field where there is the necessary amount of concealment. Now Rav Cook is going to use this idea to express that there does not have to be 
some accidental trauma to create the presence of negativity in the worlds of separation, but rather the moment that a person finds themselves in the worlds of separation, which Aleph through Vav have been setting us up for, immediately when a person finds themselves in the worlds of Bria Yitzhir and Asiyah, the simple fact that we are no longer in the world of Atsilas, in the world of clarity and supernal clarity, then we automatically, so to speak, find ourselves in a world of klipa, in a world of shells and husks, that conceal the divine revelation in the world. Now, this is something that we've discussed in a number of the Osios, in particular Osbeis and Gimel, that the He'elem itself is the Giloi, that there is not a cause and effect with regards to Hashem concealing himself and then Ra or negativity or concealment manifesting, but rather the same act that conceals good is the act that reveals the negativity because immediately when HaKadosh Baruch Hu conceals his goodness, there is a disclosure of the opposite of that goodness, which stands at the apex of our tzaddikim and their descriptions of the Metzias of Ra in the world, in particular the Ramchal and the Sefer Das Tzvunos, that Ra is not some standalone existence, chas v'shalom, in the sense that there is a duality between good and evil, but rather Ra is simply the He'elem of Tov. That the moment that HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides that the world can descend into worlds of separation, that moment is the moment that Ra begins to exist. Ra is not some separate existence on its own, but rather it is simply the effect or the symptom of the He'elem of the Tov. And Rav Kook, as we're going to see when we go through the Osazayin, is going to describe this at length. But before we start with Rav Kook, I want to use a very simple Makor, the Masil Sisharim. And when I say simple, it's not truly simple. Masil Sisharim, in a certain sense, was the crowning jewel of the Ramchal's Svarim and his Ksavim that were finally accepted by the entire world. And the Ramchal writes as follows in Parak Aleph. He says, Vihine. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu has placed the individual in a space that pushes the person away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And those are the physical temptations, the bodily needs, the attachments that we have, if you will. That if an individual follows them, the person immediately descends and moves themselves away from the essential good. That the Ramchal writes in Parak Aleph of Masil Sisharim, which would make the existentialist blush, he says that the individual finds themselves placed in truth in the heart of the strong war, in the strong battle. All matters of this world, whether they're appearing as good or bad, they are tests and they are struggles for the individual. For example, poverty from one perspective is a nisayon and Osher Mitzan Echad is a Nisayon. What the Ramchal is saying here is quite explicit. It's the notion that we find ourselves always already in a world of distance and separation, that we wake up, Kav we are born into a world that pushes us away from Kedusha so that through our Bechira, through our acts of volition, we can now come closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Ramchal 
when discussing in Adir Bamaron, the statement in the Zohar that we started off with, of karma, that the threshers of the field are low in number, and even those who exist are still finding themselves at the lower realms of existence, at the limits of the kerem, of the limits of the vineyard, at the limits of the field. The Ramchal goes at length in his Sefer, Adir Bamaron, on the Ijarabah to describe each and every weapon that HaKadosh Baruch Hu girds his tzaddikim with, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives and offers to the individuals who are attempting to descend into the world of Pneumius HaTorah. And there is a Cherev, and there is a Romech, and there is a Kitra, and there is a Keshet. There are bow and arrows, and there are slingshots, and there are swords, and there are spears. And each one for the Ramchal, it's a profound assignment to read the teachings of the Ramchal, that the Cherev is the Charba de Moshe, it's the sword of Moshe. And each weapon has its own distinct capacity. The Keshet is the sign of Lagba Omer. The Keshet is how David HaMelech showed his love to Yehonasan, as we understand in the Sefer of Shmuel. The Kitra, the slingshot, is what David HaMelech used in order to kill Goliath, as Rabbi Nassan describes at length in Lukutei Alachos, the five Avanim that David HaMelech had to take out of the Nachal Eshkol, that he had to take out of the stream, which correspond, according to the Tikkun Zohar, to the five words of Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, in order to defeat that which stands in the face of the Yichud of Hashem. The Romech, as we find in this week's Parsha with Pinchas, each weapon, each specific capacity that the individual has to fight off Ra, is endowed directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. These tools, these weapons were given to the human beings after their expulsion, after being kicked out of the Eitzachayim, after being kicked out of Gan Eden, these weapons were given to us so that we can eventually re-enter into Gan Eden and re-enter into the taste of the Eitzachayim without losing ourselves, without losing ourselves in the concealment of this worldliness. And with that introduction, with the introduction of why the Bale Sod, of why Bale Pnimius are described as machatste Chakla, as individuals who have to cut through the overgrowths, as individuals who have to create a clearing for themselves, which means to say on a practical level that anytime we embark on anything spiritual, on anything psychologically beneficial, the natural state of things is that we engage first and foremost with the concealment that blocks us from accomplishing that which we want to accomplish. That our first encounter is always one that pushes us away. That our first encounter, as Rabbi Nachman came to this world to teach us, is the mania. And God forbid that a person should feel that the mania is pushing them away, but rather the mania, according to Rabbi Nachman and according to our tzaddikim, is there specifically so that we need to utilize the clay Zion, the weapons that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us in order so that we can engage and be mitmodeid and face a world that appears to be devoid of reason and devoid of fairness and devoid of war. And these weapons, according to Rav Kook, are the clay Zion. And Rav Kook is going to say as follows in Os Zion, Kishahachayim when life comes into existence. Now, finally, after the Osvav, after the Chibor of the Elyonim and the Tachtonim, after the instantiation and the arrangement of the Partsufim, of the constellations or configurations which we discussed in the name of the Arizal, which create the world as we know it, Kvar Rabu Negdam Hamonim Vahamafriim. 
always already there stands in front of them the monim, the preventions, the hamafriim, and the separations and the interruptions. That immediately when a person opens their eyes in the world of creation, in the world of mitziyut, they are already confounded and compounded by the mafriim and the monim. Those things in our lives that serve to separate us from what we want to encounter. Ayechushim hamiduyakim each and everything in this world, as it is set up by a Kaddish Baruch Hu, says Rav Kook, is so specific and so delicate. They are so meduyak, they are so specific and meshuar and limited in their nature, umechavnim and and dedicated and paying attention to the specific needs that they serve, that any simple interruption of anything, of any type of interruption, whatever a person can imagine. When the tzaddikim talk about the klezayin, when the tzaddikim talk about the necessity of weapons, we're not talking about any metaphysical battle against any forms of spiritual forces or impure forces, God forbid. That may have been true by tzaddikim kadmonim, but for us in our generation, what it means is simply machshavos raos that we experience, the yeyush that we experience. We need the weapons to fight against the yeyush, against the proclivity to give up hope, against the stakos that we encounter. The Ramchal expresses explicitly in Adib Amarom that the biggest mochama is the stakos and the kushios that a person encounters, and that any time a person fights against a kushio or a tiyufta that stands to block any light of clarity in their lives, that is the utilization of the weapons that we are girded with, each and every one of us endowed in our particular neshama with the kolchos to fight through and cut through those spekos and those kushios. So we're not talking about any metaphysical imaginative war, but we're actually talking about the day-to-day engagement of the individual in their everyday life against those things that stop them from encountering kedusha and persevering in their quest for kedusha and yishavadas and mindfulness and amuna and bitachon and all the things that we need. Rav Kook continues and he says that because of how difficult and de- because of how de- delicate, I'm sorry, delicate and specific the lights of Kudusha are, we need to be very careful that even the slightest interruption, the slightest distortion is going to knock Kedusha off of its, off of its tilt. It's going to knock Kedusha away from the Or HaChayim that it allows us to have. Vinoteles Es Hadar Zivam. And it takes away and it detracts from the supernal light that Kedusha allows us to experience in our day-to-day lives. Rav Kook says as follows, In Kain Sarah HaZayin Lavo. The Os Zayin needs to come now after the Os Vav. HaKelim Shehem Melchaman Ne'aseret Ayadam Neged Kol Mafriya V'neged Kol Oyev Umetankam The weapons that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has allowed us and given us against all mafriot, against all botherings and distortions and separations, Neged Kol Oyev Umetankam Against every enemy and against anything that comes to stand against us Our ability to have Amuna and Bitachon and the different Kalim of the Klei Zion that we're endowed with Rabbi Nachman Stosiaganalenu says, says explicitly in Torah Beis that the Iker Klei Zion of Mashiach is Tfilah 
So we're not talking about anything fancy and we're not talking about anything metaphysical. We're talking about emuna bitachon. These things are the weapons that we are endowed with in order to confront and persevere and move away from and move through and develop our volitional bechira through the act of these weapons and the cutting away of the overgrowths that block us from the path back to the Yitzchayim. Hanitzachon hamilchamati, the military victory. The expression of life in its full manifestation. Rav Kook is not speaking about particular military victories, but he's speaking about the klaliyot, the ideal victory and the winning over all the mafriot of the chayim, all of the concealment in this world, which means for Rav Kook, the contemplations of life, the idealistic imaginations that we're capable of thinking about and connecting to in our lives in their full sense. And Rav Kook expresses this explicitly in Oros HaMochama as well. Rav Kook says in Os Aleph of Oros HaMochama, that when there is the hints or the rustlings or the murmurings of a great war in the world, there is also simultaneously the murmuring of Mashiach. There is the murmuring of redemption that comes into the world anytime we encounter anything that blocks us. Rav Kook continues and he says, the qualities and the assumptions of Kedusha in our lives in their full form, in spite of all of the things like the Ramchal showed us already, in spite of all of the things that come and distort it and come and distract us from that, and we'll review those words, that Rav Kook is now making a distinction. He's making a distinction between the Osvav and the Osvzayin. He's pointing out that the Osvav is a Yud at the top and a line that connects directly to the Yud and descends into the worlds of limitation, as we discussed last week. Masha'en came the Zion where with the Zion we have the Yud at the top, but the descending line of the Zion does not descend directly from the Yud itself, but rather it comes from the center of the Yud, implying the fact that there is a distinction of sorts between the Yud itself and the line that expresses itself in the Zion. And the reason for that, Rav Kook says, is that this strength, this capacity of human beings, that even after the Chet of the Yitzhadas, even after being kicked out of Gan Eden, to be endowed with the tools and the weapons necessary to re-enter into the Gan Eden, to re-enter into the space of the Eitzachayim, to pass through those rotating swords that tell us, don't cross now, don't cross now, the the embodiment of doubtful nature in this world, our ability to confront it and move past it, to be able to taste a te'ima of la'asid lavo in this world, to taste Shabbos in Arab Shabbos, to bring Shabbos into the world by counting hayom yom rishon b'Shabbos, hayom yom sheni b'Shabbos, hayom yom shlishi b'Shabbos, to reveal Shabbos in this world, the Zion in this world, that strength is a miraculous strength. 
because according to the nature of things, we shouldn't be able to reaccess the Eitz We should be stuck in the Eitz Hadas until the coming of Mashiach. But with the aura of the Baal Shem Tov and with the aura of Sisrei Torah and Pnimis HaTorah, we have been given a Te'ima, we have been given the ability to taste the redemptive space in the present, as we know from the story of the Betetzker HaKadosh when he was in Sfat, that Rav Menachem Mendel of the Tetzks, the pre Haaretz, Sklusia Ganelenu, his Tamidim came to tell him, that Mashiach had come, and the Priya Aretz had to get up from his chair, and he had to open his window, and he had to smell outside in order to say that Mashiach hadn't come. And the Kushi Yidua, the known Kasha in this story, is that why did the Vitebster need to smell outside? Why couldn't he tell from the Avira of his base Medrash that Mashiach hadn't come? As we know that the coming of Mashiach is associated with the Reach of Mashiach, Ruach Apenu Mashiach Hashem. And the answer given by by all individuals, by, by Litvaks who quote the story, Rav, Rav Dessler uses the story in some of his drushos. The answer given is that in the realm of the Vitebsker's Bis Medrash, Mashiach had already come. He had a te'ima of the next world already in this world. He was able to taste the light of redemption. He was able to taste the Yitzhakayim. And therefore, he needed to look outside of his base medrash in order to affirm that Mashiach had not yet come. Meaning to say that by tzaddikim and through the Torah of tzaddikim, we already have a te'ima, we already have a taste, if you will, of the to come. We're already to anticipate the coming of Mashiach. Even in this world, we're able to experience mindful presence for a moment in this world, in spite of the fact that the world is male mafriim. This ability, says Rav Kook, this or of olamecha that through their weapons, through the weapons of Amuna, Tefillah, and Bitachon that were given, that were capable of tasting the world to come, this cannot come from the expression of Kedusha into the worlds of limitation. The Vav, again, the Vav represents the Yud as it descends naturally, cause and effect. There's an Ilav Alul, there's a transition from level to level of the Yud descending into this world till it takes on the parameters of this worldliness. This capacity to engage in Kedusha, to taste the Yitzhakayim, cannot take place through this descent. It needs to take place through an act of Dilug, through an act of a skipping of levels, where HaKadosh Baruch allows us to experience the Yud Ba'atzmuso. Rav Kook will tell us that the nature of the Zion is the Yud that doesn't descend. The Yud remains in its supernal clarity. Yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows us and gives us the ability to taste that Yud in spite of the fact that it doesn't descend, in spite of the fact that it doesn't come down into this world yet. The Vav in its Hispashtus, as Rav Kook is going to say, is the descent of Kedusha into this world to the point that it takes on the parameters of this world, the six sides of the world, the, shif, the, the six uh, Sidre Mishnah. The Zion, on the other hand, is the weapon that comes from a supernal act of Chesed said that is unencumbered by the limitations of this world. The Zion allows us to experience the Vav in its essence, not descending in a cause and effect type of way, but manifesting in the world in a miraculous type of way. And only that ability, only that ability of Hashem to give us a tam, to give us a taste of the Yud Ba'atzmuso, of the Ikus Ha'atzmiuti, the essential quality of things like we discussed by the Ostal, the distinction that Rav Kook will make time and time again between quality and quantity is that quality represents the etzem hadavar. Quality represents the thing in itself as it exists in its supernal atzmiut. And the quantity of something represents its descent into the world of limitation. Rav Kook goes on and he continues. He says, Hanitzachon ha'milchamati, the 
military victory, our ability to encounter the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in its full sense, in spite of all the distinctions and the interruptions, it is not taken from the Yud of quality as it descends like the Vav, it is not the descent of the Yud in its qualitative nature that prepares the weapons, the strength to encounter and dis- d- dispel all distinction and separation. Rav Kook says, this strength is taken from the Yesod, the qualitative foundation, the etzem that is not revealed, that is elevated and transcendent in its content, as it exists on its own, devoid of any of the distinctions and the distinguishing factors that this worldliness describes. This is the outlook that we need to have. This is the hashkafa that we have to have whenever we encounter and whenever we pay attention to the repetition of evil in the world, to the fact that this world appears to be so devoid of Kedusha. We need to endow ourselves with the Zion, with the, our ability to access the Yud Ba'atzmuso, the Eitzachayim, even before we can encounter it in its true form. Hamaromeim betochno. Mitoch merkazo, from its center, Yivne Hazayin et Ma'arachot Binyano. The weapon is built from the center of the Yud. From the essence of Kedusha in and of itself, we are endowed and garbed and girded with these weapons that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us access to. And the warring nature and the military nature that fights against all the mafriim, that has to fight through and cut through and break through everything that distracts us, it itself is as well And here Rav Kook is describing something so beautiful. Rav Kook is saying that the word Zion, on the one hand represents weapons, on the one hand represents our necessity in this world to descend and fight against all the mafriyim that abound in the world, that abide in the world, that are found immediately as we enter into the worlds of separation. Not only does it describe Klezayan weapons, but it also represents the word of mazon, of kalkala, of endowing creatures with strength and with sustenance, that these tools that HaKadosh Baruch Hu have given us, this necessity that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us to encounter and fight against Ra, is also that which endows us with our spiritual sustenance, is also that which endows us as human beings with what we've been discussing until now, which is the Koyach HaBechira, to choose to fight through negativity in order to access good. That has put it in our hands through our weapons to engage and to fight through the hafraos, to fight through the separation, to fight through the concealment in order to access the etzachayim that rests within everything we do. Now, just to end this os of os Zion, we have to understand that as we discussed in the beginning in os Aleph, I believe, that Rav Kook in, in Reish Milin is going to go through not only Osios, but he's going to go through the Tagin and the Nekudos and the Ta'amim as well. And here with the os Zion, this is the second letter of the seven letters, the Shatnas gates that demand the Tage Osios. 
The tage osios are the crowns that sit on top of the letter, connecting them to the empty white space above the black fire, which represents limitation. The tagen represent this extra effort of the letter to reconnect itself back up to its supernal source, back up to insofiut. Now, the Os Zion for Rav Kook is the prime example of the Os that needs the Tagen. Because quite frankly, as the Gemara discusses, when discussing the Tagen, it says that Shiva Osios Trichin Zenehon, that the Tagen themselves are described as Zenehon, as their weapons or their crowns. That the Tag itself is this weapon, it is this connection, this inherent connection that HaKadosh Baruch allows us to have with the supernal realms in spite of the fact that we find ourselves in the space of limitation. And the tage osios, those hooks that connect, the os that exists in limitation, connecting it back up to its unlimited space, those are the weapons. That is the roshem, that is the trace that remains within each and every individual through their emuna, through their yechidah benefesh to connect to the infinite, even in this worldliness. And with the os zayin properly girded, with the weapons properly prepared, we will encounter next week, Bezos Hashem, the Os Ches, the Os of Shtira and the Os of Melchama, which in fact, according to Chazal and according to Halacha, is simply two Zions that are connected, the war of two com- combustions and combining factors that fight against one another. The Os Ches is going to be the encounter that we have with destruction and with trauma, and only through the Os Zion that we are armed with are we capable of confronting it, moving through it, and deepening our experience with it.